0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Our beloved finally closed the book on 2016 when they traveled up north to take on the Vikings in the hopes to close out the season on a high note and build some momentum going into 2017. Did the Bears get that win or did they fail once again? All of this must bear up and bear down on the Week 17 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Mercifully, boys and girls, it is over. The end of the twenty sixteen season. And here we are, finally, what's going on, everybody. The week 17 review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And um Yeah, I I I don't imagine that it could have gone much worse than it did. Uh and I'm gonna tell you a few things that will um make you feel upset um, if you don't already know them. And I'll just go ahead and spit it out for you now. Uh, I was looking at the stats at the end of the game, and uh, this is what especially uh, kind of really um, pissed me off at the end of it was that um, uh, total yardage, the Bears were only about 40, 50 yards behind the Vikings, if it was even that much, Uh, time of possession, was pretty much right down the middle. It was like 31 and change to 29 and change um, in favor of the Vikings. Uh, First downs, I think it was like 21 for the Vikings, 19 for the Bears. So how the hell did we get to a 38-10 to final score? Easy. The Bears turned the ball over five times uh, to the Vikings uh, on Sunday. And um, Matt Barkley was responsible for three of them. And in those five turnovers, the Vikings rattled off 24 points, which is pretty close to your margin of victory. You know, the, the Vikings won 20, by 28 points, and 24 of those points were com, coming off of, uh, off of turnovers. So, I mean, there's, there's the tale of your game right there. Everything that didn't happen in that first game where the Bears dominated and beat the Vikings pillar to post on that Monday night football game to wrap up the first half of the season did happen, you know, or in a lot of cases they didn't happen. We didn't sack Bradford once in this game. We sacked him five or six times uh, in the first game. The only thing that did happen in this game that also happened in the first one was Jordan Howard uh, ran all over uh, the Vikings. Uh, he had 153 yards against the Vikings week eight, 135 yards this time, you know, but 200 and almost 290 yards of, of rush yardage against one team in two football games. That's, uh, that's not bad, especially for the rookie who uh, who got way more than the 61 yards he needed to eclipse Matt Forte's uh, single-season uh, rookie rushing record. So, I mean, he demolished that. Um, by the time it was done, as a matter of fact, he had it pegged with about I don't know. I think he was the only thing. We're halfway through the second quarter, and he broke the record because he had 90 yards at halftime. Finished off with a buck uh, 35. Unfortunately, he did not find the end zone uh, for the Bears. How we did um, it was let's just call it interesting uh, to say the least. So anyway, it was a disaster, but it's all finally over when the clock struck 0 uh on sunday it was the equivalent of the uh football gods taking this season behind the shed and putting one behind its ear uh because it just uh, just had to put it out of its misery the bears are 3 and 13 the first time since the schedule went to 16 games i believe in 78 that the bears have lost 13 games in a season we finished 4 and 12 a couple of times but never 3 and 13 um, oddly enough it's not the first time the Bears have lost 13 games in a season. Uh when the Bears uh when the NFL still played a 14 game schedule, there was a year that the Bears finished 1 and 13, which oddly uh if memory serves, 1 and 13 was the year that Dick Butkus won defensive player of the year. Figure out how that's true, but it's kind of like the same uh back in the 80s when uh Andre Dawson won National League MVP for a team that finished in last place. So Stranger things uh, have happened, I suppose. But, uh, you know, we lose the 13 games. Uh, the Bears did not follow the seasonal pattern uh, where they lost three games, then won the fourth one. Uh, that happened three times already this year. We started off 0-3, won week four, lost another three games, won week eight, lost three games again, beat the 49ers, and then the, the pattern was supposed to hold here. So a lot of things that we... That we that i was saying that the bears had to play for on sunday we accomplished none of them okay we with a victory over the vikings we would have been three and three uh in the division so a 500 record in the division and improvement over last year's one and five record that didn't happen we finished two and four with uh, one victory apiece over detroit and minnesota um it would have uh, prevented the bears from finishing zero and eight on the road which is a huge drop off Uh, from where we were last year we were five and three on the road if you guys remember we were five and three road team last season one and seven uh, at home that didn't happen so for the first time in franchise history the Bears are winless on the road this year and there was one more thing that oh the the first season sweep of the Vikings since 2011 that also did not happen so a lot of things that the Bears could have had to uh, play for, aside from, like I've been saying for the last several weeks, pride in paychecks. Uh, those were some things that were at stake on Sunday, and uh, with that blowout loss to the, uh, to the Vikings, uh, none of those things uh, came to pass. Um, but for all of you uh, draft Knicks out there, uh, we did lose, and we've got the number three pick uh, in the draft, and I'm already hearing some of you monkeys out there talking about oh, Deshaun Kaiser or Deshaun Watson or Kubiski, the quarterback from North Car- No, no, just stop right now. Just I don't want the Bears to do that, not even a little bit. I, I think second round is where we should start exploring a possible quarterback situation if we can't find something um, in free agency or, or what have you. So this is a lousy year to be a team drafting high. Uh, in the first round so you know either that or let's do what the Browns and Eagles did last year and uh, no not the Browns and Eagles the Browns and uh, Titans what they did last year was uh, you know get a king's ransom for somebody to move up although number three isn't exactly the sexiest place to trade up to but uh, also like I said There aren't any Carson Wentz's in this draft. At least I don't think there are. Nobody's talking uh, like there is or anything like that. So, um, you know, uh, and I think anything like that, for anything like that to happen, it would probably happen on draft day. Somebody moving up to number three to, uh, you know, for the Bears to move down and get
0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at
1: Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Get a bunch of picks and, and stuff like that. So I don't think it'll be like the with the, the Browns and the and the Titans where this was done you know, days and weeks before the draft, and you know, what how the draft order changed, and uh, and so on and so forth. It's something that, uh, you know, with the Bears sitting at three, I don't think anybody's gonna want to jump up to three just to sit on that for a few weeks. So, anyway, the next prospect up is free agency, and uh, you know, the Bears have plenty of holes there, but there are some good candidates out there for the Bears to finish it. I'm gonna leave that more for the year in review show, so um um uh, like i said uh before in the preview episode i'm kind of working on what it is i want to do uh with the year in review show do i want to have guests in you know i mean i had three guests for the mid-season review show do i want to bring anybody in do i just want to do it myself and get it over with (laughs) or you know see who who comes in what kind of prospects we're looking at so on and so forth um you know we'll see what all. Uh, i can put uh, together because i'm also not exactly sure when i want to do the year in review episode do i want to come in at the end of this week and do it do i want to let the wild card round finish out and do it next week sometime uh we'll have to see i'll uh, keep you guys posted on on facebook and on on the uh, on the twitter feed when the year in review show will be uh will be recorded and when it's going to be uh, coming out. So just keep your eyes open there at Shy Bears Review uh, on Twitter or just search Chicago Bears Review on Facebook, and uh, you'll see the updates uh, there. So anyway. Let's go ahead and get this over with. Uh, Rip the band aid right off and uh, start looking at this thing with the uh, knee jerk reactions. And because it's the Vikings, and also because Matt Barkley has performed his fourth quarter magic, although, you know, he hasn't really succeeded with it, but, you know, he made things interesting against the Titans and the Packers and so on, uh, you know, so that the Bears were never really out of it. Um, You know, the same air of optimism or that kind of air of optimism never really left me this week with the Vikings because they were such a disappointing team and started out so strong and finished so bad. I didn't really give up on the possibility that it could happen that the Bears could uh, come along and pull one out uh, in the fourth quarter. So the tone in my voice you'll kind of hear uh, a lot different than the very sick under-the-weather tone I had during the Redskins game. Also, I just gave up on that game and just went to sleep uh, on that one. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and dive right in. First quarter knee-jerk reaction for the Bears and Vikings.
2: Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Vikings after the first quarter and its disappointment from the outset. The Vikings start the game with the football and proceed to uh, big chunks of yardage, get the football down the field. Um, The biggest play on the on the drive was just a matter of uh, just having the right matchup for the Vikings. It was Craven LeBlanc against Cordero Patterson. And uh, all the credit in the world to LeBlanc. He was there. If he's uh, you know, five eleven instead of five eight, or however tall he is, he's a munchkin out there. If he's a few inches taller, he bats the ball down because the ball was literally like an inch over his fingers, uh, just enough to get it into Corro Patterson's uh, hands. But um, the Vikings are able to punch it in seven nothing right off the bat. The Bears come back uh, with the football. Good runs from Jordan Howard, chipping away at that sixty-one that he needs to break uh, Forte's record. Um, but uh, you know the Bears get inside the red zone. They're they're chugging along, and then reminiscent of the inter- uh, an interception that he threw against Tennessee in his very first start, where if he puts enough air under the football, it gets above, it gets past the defenders, and you know m- maybe it's in enough room in the end zone for for uh, for the receiver to catch it. But instead, he underthrew the pass. It was a post corner to Jeffrey. If he throws it to the back pylon, maybe Jeffrey you know has Enough real estate to catch the ball, but instead he underthrows it. It gets picked off, and right now the Vikings are inside the Bears' 10-yard line as a result of that interception. If they score, they'll be polishing off like a 97-yard drive uh, to to go up 14 to nothing. Uh, they're at the seven-yard line. It's third and goal, and the Bears are down seven nothing. We'll see what goes on from here. <laughs>
1: So it just kind of seemed from the very beginning that the Bears were kind of snake bit in this game. I mean, they have that really good-looking drive. It kind of looked like a repeat of the Monday night game. Jordan Howard, I think the shortest game that he had, especially in that first drive, was maybe like four or five yards. I mean, he just lowered his head, and he was really just bowling the defense over it was really impressive to see. I mean, I really love to watch this kid, um, you know, run the football. It's um, the one thing I'm going to miss about this season was watching him um, run the ball. All that he accomplished, and he didn't start until week four. It really is amazing. But um, you know, the the interception, like I said, it, it was very reminiscent of that one against Tennessee, um, where he just didn't put enough air under the ball. He just uh, just kind of threw more of a straight line instead of an arc, and it got picked off. Where you know. Uh, That was at the Tennessee game. This one, he just flat out did not put enough air under the football. He threw it to the wrong spot, threw it right to the uh, defender, and then the defense, like I said, none of the pressure that they were able to generate against Bradford and company the first time around was there. The Vikings even had success running the football uh, against the Bears uh, in this football game, Um, and You know, they were in danger of going up 14 to nothing. The Bears finally held firm and ended up just being a field goal. But, um, you know, it just – it was really a frustrating quarter to watch because you you know that – I mean, and it's been the tail of the tape all season long. Even with our talent deficits, the Bears were in a position to do so much better than they did this year, and it just – whether it be penalties or Or, especially in the last few games, turnovers. Barkley has been a turnover machine in these last three games. Twelve, by the time it was all said and done. Um... Whether it was turnovers or penalties or what have you, there was always something where the Bears couldn't get out of their own way. Instead of having their opponents beat them, they beat them. They spent more, almost as much time beating themselves as they did, you know, with their talent deficits and everything because of injuries or just you not having the right personnel yet, Um, you know. The Bears beat themselves as much, if not more, than their opponents did this year, and that's what made this season so frustrating to watch. But as we move on to the second quarter, more of the same from the Vikings on offense, and unfortunately, you know, just some more, and you'll hear me talk about it, just some more twists and turns as to why the Bears are 3-12 and coming into this thing, and, uh, you know... <laughs> Why, this, why yesterday was the last day of the season and why we're not looking ahead to Wild Card Weekend or enjoying this bye week for the divisional round.
2: Yep. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Vikings. and um, Well, the drive that the Vikings were on at the end of the first quarter resulted in a field goal. Uh, moments later, Jeremy Langford fumbles the football, uh, giving the ball right back to the Vikings. And before you have a chance to even breathe in the second quarter, the Bears are down seventeen to seven. Now, actually seventeen to nothing. I take that back. Seventeen to nothing. The Bears go on a seventeen-play, eighty-five-yard drive, capped off by—and I'm not saying this incorrectly. A Cameron Meredith two-yard pass to Matt Barkley. It was a trick play, uh, you know, and it was it was pretty well done actually. But uh, a trick play. That's how the the Bears got on the board. Uh, they were able to stop the Vikings. Uh, we're we're set to get the ball back with about a minute to go and two timeouts. And then Braylon Addison. If you don't know who that is, don't worry because I'm sure he won't be on the team next year. After that stunt he pulled today, uh, muffs the punt. The Vikings recover at about. The 21 yard line. Five plays later, they're up 24 7. Then some fireworks with about 28 seconds left to go in the half. Uh, Deontay Thompson almost runs it back for a touchdown. If he gets by the last guy, he scores about a 105 yard kickoff return, but instead it was about a 64 yard uh, return. A deep, a nice looking throw, a great catch from Cameron Meredith to get the Bears within uh, field goal range, and Connor Barth puts it through the uprights to Uh, make it 24 to 10 at the half. Now the big issue there is that what could have been it was 17 to 7 the Bears you know had some momentum they have coming off the scoring drive they shut the Vikings down were able to preserve time had two timeouts left to go could have added to this it could be 17 to 10 17 14 right now but instead it's 24 to 10 because of the Bears being 3 and 12 and for some reason feel the need to consistently act like it so um, you know the one major disappointment I have have to admit in this ball game was how much of the conversation between Chris Gates and I was about how bad the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings was uh, all year long and they've been outstanding so far in this ball game. The Bears have put pressure on on Sam Bradford a couple of times but they have otherwise not gotten anywhere near him and uh, have not been the factor that they were in the first game where we had him sacked like four times in the first half and six times in the game and, and all the rest of it. But the big factor in the game thus far has been the turnovers. The Bears have three turnovers. The Vikings have 17 points because of it. So once again, the Bears are their own worst enemy in this football game. So the Bears do, however, start with the football in the second second half they've got some momentum going uh, that uh, you know that that flush there in the last 30 seconds uh, made things interesting they've got some kind of momentum going into it so we'll see if they can turn it into anything and get this year finished off on the right foot
1: So still a little air of optimism. I don't think it's impossible because the Bears keep showing flashes because it wasn't really anything that the offense was doing except for the turnovers because other than that, the Bears moved the ball fairly well and for with relative ease uh, against the Vikings on Sunday. Jordan Howard was running the ball well. It's just that when we decided to drop back the pass, we were looking at maybe a 50-50 chance that Barkley doesn't turn the ball over or, you know, Lankford with his fumble, uh, you know, in the second quarter. I mean, and then, like I said, it, it basically the the running theme of the season will be what could have been. And you heard me say that 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 exact phrase when it came to the turnover that that Braylon Addison. Uh, cost the Bears there you know like I said we're coming off the momentum of the scoring drive 17 plays 85 yards we finally got some momentum going offensively we didn't turn the ball over we put points on the board we got a three and out from the Vikings and we're going to have a minute left with two timeouts and you know like I said the the offense was playing well they're moving the football if they could just stop turning the damn thing over and instead Um, Addison muffs the punt, the Vikings recover, and there's a questionable replay in there. I think that the ball did touch him while he was out of bounds, but that's my extremely biased opinion, uh, on the matter. But, um, you know, instead the Vikings get the ball at the Bear 21-yard line. Five plays later, it's 24 to seven. And then, like I said, the fireworks with Tianté Thompson nearly running it back. The great catch from Meredith to get us in field goal range, and we put some points on the board and having some momentum going. So instead of you know 24 to 10, it could have been 17 to 10 or 17 to 14. Instead of you know we've got another rock to climb uh, in order to uh, to be able to to come out ahead. Uh, Of this thing, but it was only 14 points. We've seen Barkley score 21 in a quarter before Uh, the third quarter was it was more of the same. The Bears actually didn't allow any points in the third quarter, but again, couldn't get out of their own way on offense and couldn't stop turning over the damn ball.
2: Knee jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Vikings, and once again, it's we're three and twelve, and here's why: because the Bears took the opening drive of the second half down the field, looking great. to Jordan Howard, actually, I think he broke it before. He broke it before halftime, but Jordan Howard plugging away, you know, pounding the football. At the end of the third quarter, he's got a hundred and thirty. 130 yards rushing so far in the game on 20 carries. So the Bears are finally going to make a liar out of me. I've been twi- trying to get them to feed the ball to to Howard more than 20 times in the game because when we have, we're undefeated. Well, he's got 20 carries now. We're down 14 points going into the fourth quarter. But that opening drive, Jordan Howard's running the football well, but the Bears are not getting the ball down the field. And then, of course, Barkley throws another interception. This one was all him. Uh, before it was right decision, lousy throw. This was bad decision, bad throw. Uh, tried to throw it to Cameron Meredith, who was being held uh, by Xavier Rhodes on the play, or who, I think it was Hart, whoever it was, Trey Wayne's is who it was. Trey Wayne's who was hold, uh, you know, should have been called for a defensive holding penalty or pass interference, one of the two. But instead, the referees are letting him play today, and in. Instead, he basically throws it right to Wayne's and he intercepts the football. The Bears were inside the red zone and everything. So this could be a 24-17 football game with the momentum all on the Bears' side. Uh, But instead, uh, you know... The Vikings took the football back and actually drove it down the field, and Bradford got picked off in the end zone by Cravon LeBlanc. That's where we sit now. The Bears have the football. Uh, I think we're nearing midfield, down 24-10, to 10, and Barkley's done great things in the fourth quarter
1: before. Let's see if he can do it again. Yeah. It really is kind of amazing when you think about it, how optimistic I remain. You know, just just because the Bears have been in this position a few times, and Barkley's been able to at least make it look interesting, but all would be for naught. This time, uh, the only turnover that didn't result in points in the in the football game for the Bears was the time that we actually forced a turnover of our own. But it was a pass in the end zone. So if LeBlanc doesn't make that pick, then it's another touchdown, more points off of the uh, off of the turnovers and so on. Of the five turnovers, that's the only one. The Vikings didn't come away with uh, points for it. So um, but, you know, like I said, the Bears come out. Jordan Howard is a beast. He's running the football down the, the, their throats. They're, they're moving the chains and so on and so forth. I mean, you heard me say at the beginning of the show, everything on the the stat line was equal, like across the board. Time of possession, the amount of yardage that each team had, first downs, so on and so forth. And the one major difference in the football game was five turnovers for the Vikings one for the bears i mean as far as like what they were able to produce i mean the bears turned the ball over five times the minnesota turned it over once and there's your margin of victory right there almost to the to the number but um you know the third quarter was like i said the bears just couldn't get out of their own way this one was you know barkley trying to make something out of nothing because it just wasn't there I mean, he was being held, and I think maybe at the very least, Barkley was was a little too smart for his own for his own good. I think maybe he was trying to draw attention to the penalty and throw it there to try to draw a penalty from the from the referees. It didn't work. He should have gotten it, but he didn't. And on that play, uh, Trey Waynes was able to to tie up uh, Meredith and then get in front of him when the ball was coming and turn it into a uh, an interception uh, in the fourth quarter just the icing on the cake Um, I finally give up uh, as you will hear I'd rather let you hear it than than have me tell you about it but uh, fourth quarter more of the same more turnovers more points for the Vikings and then finally an end to this goddamn season
2: knee jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Vikings and uh yeah they uh it's over It is uh, finally over. Uh, The Vikings just kneeled on the final play of the game. The last 30 seconds are going to roll off the clock mercifully. The score, 38-10. to That's right. The Bears gave up more points in the fourth quarter. Uh, And stop me if you've heard this before as a result of turnovers. So uh yeah. Uh Barkley was did a had a sack fumble that was run in for a touchdown. Um that got him benched. And uh I think the Vikings just uh took the last one in uh, the old fashioned way to make it thirty eight to ten. And uh yeah, I, I've been messing around on my phone for the most of the fourth quarter, but um you know, once the, uh, once the bears blew that, uh, you know, where I had a slight bit of optimism going into the fourth quarter down 24 to 10, uh, the bears turned the football over again. And that's pretty much when I checked out and just, uh, you know, got some good scores on, uh, angry birds and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm addicted to the angry birds, uh, pop the bubble game. That's what I've been doing most of the fourth quarter. But uh, anyway, it's over. Uh, three and thirteen. So the Bears set a record for the most losses in a uh, 16-game season. They've never lost 13 games in a 13-game season or 16-game season before. Uh, finished the fourth quarter of the season a perfect 0-4, and I believe have locked up the number three overall pick in the draft. So all of you that wanted them to suck for the pick, you got your wish. The Bears are number three overall. Um, and, uh, yeah, mercifully this season is over, and uh, we move forward on to 2017 now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I did get some pretty decent scores in the, the Angry Birds. I'm, I'm pretty good at, at that game. But, anyway um, – you know, like I said, after the, the the optimism that I had going in, like, hey, maybe because the offense had been playing well. You know, we, we had over 300 yards of offense uh, in this football game. We were able to move the chains. Jordan Howard's running the football just like he did um, the first time around. I mean, what's even more impressive is that he didn't have a gigantic 60 plus yard run to attribute to his run totals. Uh, like he did in the first game. He had, Yeah, he had 153 yards, but he got like 60-plus on one carry in that game on the Vikings. He was more nickel and diming it and breaking an occasional 12-yard run, 17-yard run, that kind of thing. It, it wasn't like he had that one huge run where he got half of his yards and then just kind of built on it. He slowly but surely chunked his way in to an 135-yard day i mean 290 something yards rushing against one football team that's damn impressive uh for 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 howard especially against the vikings who were supposed to be you know the monsters of this football season i mean i told you guys i don't know if it was this or on football as america where i was telling everyone to just calm down on the whole 2000 raven 1985 bear comparisons that they were giving uh the vikings in those first five games and Turned out to be right about that. But, um, you know, it just, um, you know, once that the, the last uh, Barkley uh, turnover happened, that really was where I kind of mentally checked out uh, on the game. The game was on and I was watching and all that kind of stuff. But once that happened, when when Barkley fumbled the football and uh, they ended up, Everson Griffin recovers it. He runs it in. It's, it you know, now it's 31 to 10. That's like well, that's it, you know. It's, uh, because you know the 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 highest point total for the season for the Bears I think was twenty was it twenty six or was it twenty seven against Green Bay thirty to twenty seven so twenty seven points was the highest and so getting a getting past twenty four or catching up to twenty four didn't seem that crazy to me but when the Vikings went up thirty one to ten we haven't scored thirty points all season never mind this one's over with now so that's kind of where i kind of uh went out for it david Fales didn't look horrible he looked like a guy who didn't get many reps and hasn't played it down all season uh as a matter of fact the first the snaps that he took on sunday were the first that he's ever taken in a regular season game as a professional so there you go but um you know like i said the lone bright spot uh of the game uh, was jordan howard and his consistent production uh i would give kudos to the contributions of cameron meredith who threw the only touchdown pass in the game uh for the bears did that like i said that really great catch that he made just before halftime that kid's going to be something special uh this year i mean he's really something you know if he just sticks with his uh program in the offseason keeps himself ready i really think cameron meredith can be something um but um you know he had like four catches for 61 yards Alshon Jeffrey had one catch for 10 yards in this game and I I actually kind of put that more on Barkley than than anything else but uh, you know it is what it is and uh, you know the defense uh, goes out Um, not exactly their fault that we gave up 38 points in this game but um, you know they're playing against short fields and and uh, short turnarounds because of the uh, turnovers uh, and everything. But if you look at it, the Bears gave up nearly eighty points in the last two games of the season: forty-one to uh, to forty-one to Washington, thirty-eight against uh, Minnesota. Um, not exactly what you want to see from a unit that's supposed to be the strength of the organization uh, going forward. But uh, you know, no Eddie Goldman, no Danny Trevathan, no, uh, um, well, just no Penel McPhee, no Leonard Floyd. It just It just, you know, just the list goes on and on and on. And the worst secondary in football on top of that. So it just, uh, you know, not all that surprising. It's more surprising how well we did play and where we will finish in the rankings as far as uh, yardage and all that kind of stuff. I think we'll definitely finish in the top half. Uh, of the nfl but um you know it's just anyway so like i said there towards the end it's time to to move on with an eye towards uh 2017 uh the bears have the number three pick in the draft so we'll be uh you know we'll pretty much have our our choice of just about everybody anybody out there at this point you know and um the, 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 the kind of people that are, you know, one and two in front of, you know, Cleveland and San Francisco ahead of the Bears uh, at one and two. Um, I don't know if they're looking at the players that we would want at number threes. That's why I kind of feel like, you know, the Bears, the people that, that I think that San Francisco and Cleveland are going to be looking at isn't something that the Bears are going to be looking at. So that's why I kind of feel that uh, we'll pretty much have a choice at just about anybody we want. Uh, At number three and then again there's also the possibility that that maybe somebody there is somebody that somebody else wants and they're willing to pay handsomely for it and um, you know pace can get himself some picks and move back and so on and so forth so we'll see we will have to uh, wait and see on that so next up is free agency Um, you know there's also speculation right now does john fox Survive. It's only about 11 a.m. on Black Monday. Six coaching changes already coming. Uh, Gary Kubiak stepped down from the the, the Broncos for health reasons. Jacksonville, Los Angeles, Buffalo, um, San Diego, and San Francisco have already all let their coaches go. San Diego being interesting in that it's Mike McCoy, who used to be John Fox's offensive uh, uh, coordinator, uh when they were together in Denver, this was the guy that made Tim Tebow relevant for the one season they changed their offense to suit him and his abilities the next thing you know they went from like three and eight to eight and eight they won the division and went to the playoffs and actually won a playoff game with Tebow as quarterback and you know maybe that's somebody that we want calling our place for us because Dole Loggins even with all the praise that he's gotten for what he did with the you know the injuries and the personnel that he faced this year um I gotta feel like a guy that can turn Tim Tebow into a relevant uh, quarterback can uh can help us do better, so he was also the quarterback the first year that Peyton was in uh in Denver, which was also a pretty great year uh as well so um you know this is a guy that's flexible, he's adjustable. that's somebody that we need uh in chicago uh for sure, and he's got a history with Fox, so why wouldn't we do it? You know what i mean um anyway um so even with those changes on the horizon um you know the bears have a press conference set for wednesday will they be announcing the parting of ways with john fox uh who knows who knows i mean i know there's a lot of people out there i waver on it all the time when i hear things like i actually talked to jeff dickerson i don't know if i mentioned this uh to you guys or not i I talked to jeff dickerson uh, online the other day i asked him about the possibility of uh, of Mike McCoy coming to the Bears as an offensive coordinator if he got let go. So it was before uh, McCoy got fired. Um, you know, is that a possibility? Does he think it is? Jeff Dickerson personally likes the idea, but he thinks that Fox likes logins, so it's probably not going to happen. When I hear stuff like that, that makes me want to fire John Fox. That just seems stupid. To bring in Dole Loggins, who struggled all season long, despite it all, he struggled mightily, and to bring in somebody you know, his proven track record and what he did, I mean, just just the whole Tebow thing on his resume alone should be enough to give the guy a shot. You know, Jay Cutler's probably not coming back, so it's not like we have to worry about the whole. You know, here's the eighth offensive coordinator that Cutler's going to work with, and and all the rest of that jazz. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Seemingly, I don't think so. Uh, anyway, but um, you know, that's uh, why wouldn't you do it? But if, you know, when you hear something like that, he likes Logins, wants to bring everybody back. That's what has me scratching my head and asking for. Fox's resignation but uh, you know other things like the fact that we were decimated by injuries the guy had more more players on IR this year than in two than Trestman's two years combined in Tressman's two years 15 players on IR in in 2013-2014 combined we had 19 alone this year to go along with, I think, 13 or 14 last year. So, I mean, John Fox has yet to put a healthy football team on the field. And granted, even when we were healthy in the preseason, we still didn't look very good. Um, you know, it, it kind of looked like we were setting ourselves up for a season like this uh, in the preseason, which was a pretty pretty damn alarming if you ask me. But, you know, even with it all, um, you know, it's – you know, do you give the guy? It kind of goes back to the Jay Cutler thing. Who out there would be better for us than this guy? Who out there that's going to be available in the coaching ranks would be better for us than than uh, than Fox and so? It's it's a conversation for sure. It's a debate, absolutely. So, you know, I, like I said, I waver. Sometimes I'm like, no, let's give him one more chance. See if the you know if the injury bug could leave us alone in 2017. And uh, you know, then if if you know we get an honest. We get an honest assessment, then we move forward from Fox and in 2018 bring in somebody else, uh, uh, you know, and and what have you. But it's just like the luck that this team has had with its health and and all the rest of that, you know, poor Kevin White and, uh, you know, Horonis who goes down on family night, which is, you know, I don't even think they have contact on family night and, uh, and whatnot. It blows out his knee and that's the rest. And that might actually seal his fate in Chicago. What do we do with him next year? You know, Cody Whitehair had an outstanding season at center this year. What do we do with Jaronis Grasso next year? Is, is he just depth on the offensive line, or do we trade him? Do we get rid of him? Do we let him go? I mean, what do we do with him next year? Because um, he's not a tackle, so we can't move him to the outside. You got long and sitting at the guards when they come back healthy next year. Cody Whitehair in the middle. Um, You know, Massey and and Lino, for all of their faults, actually improved throughout the season. So they got better as they went along, cut back on the penalties and the mistakes uh, and whatnot. So you got to think that they're coming back next year. So where does Verona's grass fit in going forward? Anywho, discussions that we'll keep for another time. But, um, you know, with all the coaching vacancies that are already open, you know, possibly could be having changes in New Orleans and in Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Chicago. There could be anywhere from – there could be double-digit openings this season when it's all said and done. But um, anyway, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see if Fox is one of them. So that's why we're going to wait on the uh, year-in-review show. We'll be talking about who the next coach is going to be. Pace gets to hire his own guy this time and uh, and so on and so forth. So – Stick around for that. Keep your eye on the Twitter feed and the Facebook page to uh, find out when the year-in-review show uh, will come out. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much all I have to say uh, about this game. Like I said, after the Barkley fumble and the, the you know the the fumble uh, recovery and touchdown for the Vikings, I kind of mentally checked out on this one. Uh, and, and I do believe the Vikings did score again on their own. McKinnon ran in another touchdown on like a uh, – uh it that like a wildcat type formation he just ran the ball in himself uh for the td to make it 38 to 10 kind of put the cherry on top of the game there but um yeah so that's all we have to say the bears dropped to 3 and 13 mercifully this thing is over another bottom dwelling seller finish for the bears and uh maybe we'll be able to crack third place next season have to wait and see but um, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and close the book on 20 on 2016 and the week 17 review and move on to everybody's favorite segment to close this thing out. Bear up, bear down. Bear up and bear down for the week 17 review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And to um, tell you the truth, I'm going to start 2017 off on a positive note. And I'm not going to put anyone on the bear down list, although there are some some names. Let's do honorable mentions, shall we? Uh, Matt Barkley, um, Braylon Addison, um, just the defense in general, not being able to get after sam bradford um you know like i said we spent a good chunk of that conversation with chris gates from the daily norseman in the preview episode talking about how terrible the offensive line is i mean and we even have week eight to look back on we sacked bradford like six times uh in that first game uh we manhandled them up front akeem hicks was an absolute beast had two sacks in the first game he was a non-factor in this one uh the defense was terrible uh in this game granted they the odds were stacked against them because of all the damn turnovers but nonetheless were uh, ineffective against the against the vikings and um let's see alshon jeffrey one catch for 10 yards in the game that's that's ridiculous um anything else yeah we'll just leave it at that but uh one bear up for this game just one i think we all know who i'm going to give it to that's correct Jordan Howard, bear up to Jordan Howard, 135 yards rushing uh, on 23 carries, I think it ended up being. But more importantly, finished the year 1,313 yards, 252 attempts, which is 64 fewer than it took Matt Forte to get 1,238 in his season so i mean the 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 per yardage he had like seven yards of carry uh, against the vikings on sunday well over six at least i mean just absolute beast seven games uh, of 100 yards or better another franchise record didn't start until week four so we he started 13 games this season seven of them were 100 yard efforts and you know he was an animal uh in those uh in those games so you know really looking forward to seeing what the future holds for him um you know when you look at that list the the top four names on the uh rookie rushing record list are Jordan Howard at one Forte at two uh Anthony Thomas at three and Rashawn Salam at four aside from you know in in two three and four between Forte Anthony Thomas and uh Rashawn Salam Forte is the only guy that was ever that was really um, that had a a noteworthy career, you know. uh, Hopefully, uh, Jordan Howard will be more like Matt Forte and a lot less like uh, Rashawn Salam and Anthony Thomas, who were basically who basically blew their wad in their rookie years. Rashawn Salam uh, didn't didn't pan out after his rookie season, mostly due to injuries. Uh, Anthony Thomas. Just kind of fell off after his rookie year. He was lightning in a bottle in 2001 uh, as a second-round pick. Just uh, you know, kind of was you know had 1,100 yards in that rookie season. Was great for the Bears. They went 13 and three that year, went to the playoffs and everything. But after that, it was uh, virtually non-existent uh, on the roster. So hopefully, hopefully, it won't be a curse for Jordan Howard to have had such a good rookie year, and this is just the start of him being our franchise back uh, for the next decade or so. Uh, as opposed to being the next Jeremy Langford, if you will, because you know Langford was a was a beast for us last year. Loved the way he ran, caught the ball out of the backfield, great. This season uh, was very underwhelming in those first few games. Had the high ankle sprain that kept him out for quite a while, and has been non-existent on this football team. Uh, while Jordan Howard has sucked up all the glory, basically, and I love, and I think that Jordan Howard's going to be okay because I loved what he said after the game um you know there's nothing to celebrate basically the accomplishment is bittersweet he's happy to and proud to have uh you know to have broken the record for to to be the rookie you know rushing record leader of all time especially on a franchise that includes names like Matt Forte Walter Payton Gale Sayers for you to be to say you had a better rookie year than those guys is pretty amazing and um you know Uh, regardless of the accomplishments. It doesn't mean much because we don't win in games. I would have traded all the glory for wins this season. So his head is in the right space. Hopefully he can keep it together and and keep working in the offseason. It said uh, in the article that I read he had a conversation with Adrian Peterson after the game who basically told him that thing, just keep working, you know, stay, keep working hard, and you're going to be okay. Hopefully he can do that and avoid injuries. Uh, going forward so he can continue to be a beast for us in 2017 uh, and beyond. So that's my one bear up for this week to Jordan Howard and his tenacity breaking that record, quite shattering it, quite frankly, almost by 100 yards and, um, you know, 75 yards. I believe if my math is correct and and did it in 64 fewer carries than Forte uh, did it in. So quite an impressive feat. Uh, for Jordan Howard and uh, look forward to seeing what he will do. Uh, in 2017 so that is going to do it i'm not going to make you sit through anymore Uh, keep your eyes open for the year in review show Um, i don't think it'll be this week it'll probably be around this time next week once i figure out if i'm going to do a guest and all that i want to cover because there's not a lot of highlights to cover in this season so that's why i might just do it myself why would i want to bring somebody else in to uh have to endure talking about this season but uh we'll see we'll figure out uh what we want to do i'll keep you guys posted uh search chicago bears review on facebook or follow me on twitter at shy bears review to uh see what uh what's next for the year in review and when that's coming out so that's gonna do it for the week 17 review episode of the chicago bears review so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review